Have you ever thought about getting a job in the gaming industry and wondered how to do it? Well, stay tuned, because in this episode, number 2104, the CG Bros will be doing a deep dive into that subject when they answer the commonly asked question, how can I get a job in gaming, on the CG Bros CG Insider Podcast. Well, greetings, everybody, and welcome back to our podcast. In this episode of the CG Insider, the CG Bros are going to answer the question, how do I get a job in gaming? I'm Bill Johnston. And I'm Sean Johnston. And by the end of this podcast, not only will you know how to get a job in the gaming industry, you'll know what kinds of jobs there are to choose from, what training and education you might need, and what skills you'll need to demonstrate, and maybe even what to include and not to include in your demo reel or portfolio. Uh, we can uh, probably start off, Sean, with maybe kind of giving a little background of our experience. Yes, absolutely. Um, well, my, my uh, background is in gaming. I've been in doing it about 27 years uh, for various companies in San Diego. And I um, started out as a 3D generalist uh, myself, uh, self-taught, because at the time I was uh, learning how to do uh, animation and 3D and modeling and everything else. There were no real schools out there. You could actually get a degree uh, like you can today. So self-taught, and then uh, now I'm basically about, uh, uh, I would say, 15 years ago, I decided to um, ex uh, just just do animation exclusively. That's kind of where I um, focus most of my attention and uh, been loving it ever since. I've been uh, in CGI and 3D animation myself for about 23 years, the last 19 of those working in the console gaming industry. Uh, managing the production of digital effects and animation projects for, you know, some companies you may have heard of, uh, including Activision Blizzard, uh, Sony Computer Entertainment, and Bungie. And uh, I kind of started off the same way, uh, self-taught, because there were no real classes in game design then. And so I started off doing modeling and then moved on to visual effects for cinematics and uh, decided gaming was was a pretty cool uh, avenue to, to put my skills to. So... Uh, I've committed myself to the gaming world uh, as opposed to, say, Hollywood, where, um, you know, there's a whole industry that we kind of, we referred back to that, and I think in our last podcast. Um, but uh, that's that's pretty much my background. Um, we, uh, I guess, uh, you know, the, the name of the podcast is How to Get a Job in Gaming, so we should probably talk about that a little bit. Um, you know, there's a lot of ways to get your first job at any game studio. And uh, the first real step is to just try to get your foot in the door. And there's a lot of ways to do that. Um, if you don't have a lot of gaming experience or you don't have the, the technical skills, um, you know, you could definitely start by posting your work on discussion boards. Uh, you can start reading them and soaking them with as much knowledge as you can. Um, it's a really a perfect way to, you know, if you do have some work to get your work seen, because you never know who reads those discussion boards. Um, yeah. And then for sure. Yep. Go ahead. I was just going to say, um, you know, in addition to that, there's, it, it kind of, the, the question is, uh, you know, uh, what it, it's a hard question to answer too. First of all, you have to kind of figure out what, what you want to be doing in gaming. So you, you know, it depends on the type of job you're, you're interested in and, um, and then the skills for each of those jobs, and the qualifications needed are slightly different. So it depends on whether or not you want to go into the art side of things 
or if you want to go into the programming side of things. I kind of split it up in those two categories myself. What, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I agree. There's a lot of a lot of the jobs are game art related, uh, and a lot of those uh, other jobs are are more technically uh, related. Yeah, uh, you know, especially for the um, you know the art side of things, uh, just a couple of uh, different jobs. Uh, you know, we might have mentioned it the last podcast, but just to reiterate that, um, you've got your you know art directors, concept artists, your three D artists uh, that do character as well as uh, environment. And then you've got your animators, and then you've got your technical artists, and then you've got UI artists. So um, on the art side of things, and then the, the, the uh, programming side of things, you've got your, you know, your engineers, your programmers, and then you've got your um, uh, different types of uh, jobs also as a game designer. Um, basically, you're the writer of the, the game. Uh, you know, ba- at the very basic level, it's the, the designer is basically what makes the game fun. And so they design the characters and the worlds and the story in the game. So um, those are kind of the uh, the different positions, especially uh, in addition to that, there's there's producers and there's assistant producers and um, and then, of course, audio. Yeah. And, uh, and, and also there's um, level designers. I mean, if we're, if we're just talking, well, let's let's stick with the game art stuff. Uh, there's, sure. like you said, animators. Um, and those are those are kind of traditional animators that just animate characters and vehicles and, and other things. And then at least uh, in, in my experience, there's we've broken that down into two areas. One was, you know, more traditional animation. The other would, would be more technical based animation where you're you're. Um, timing things, uh, you know, game events based on, anim- you know, what the animation is doing. Um, you know, you, you program the different animations and the calls that, that come, depending on if, you know, if the character walks through a certain area, it creates triggers that, that start other effects playing and stuff. And that's, that's a lot of what technical animators uh, tend to do, uh, right. as well as uh, specializing kind of what I'm doing, which is VFX art. Yeah, it's definitely uh, they do that as well as, um, you know, a lot of uh, tools. They write a lot of software tools to support the artists, you know, writing usually in either Python or Mel. And a lot of them have uh, experience with uh, a lot of the ga- newer game engines that are available for people to uh, to actually go and, and learn for free. Um, Unity and Unreal. Um, and then they set up those, those state animation, um, basically cooking up the animations that you that an artist would create and get them into uh, assigning them to controller um, buttons and things like that. So uh, in addition to they would uh, technical animators have a tendency to be, uh, you know, a lot of our riggers are also technical animators too. Oh, yeah. Well, I know there's uh, also texture and shading artists. We alluded to that in one of our prior podcasts uh, where they actually write, you know, some of those guys are actually write shaders uh, that work for the game engine uh, because it's not the same as, as you know, the shaders that we traditionally think of in, in 3D work, um, but they function the same. But it's it's a lot more challenging. It's usually a node based system that I I've, I've worked with. Would you um, Would you say that in your experience that um, you know most of the the art side of things um, typically don't require a a formal education or degree versus um, the programming engineering side? Um, yeah, I'd have to say that's true. I think, I think a lot of the game art related stuff can be learned at college. Uh, it doesn't need to be learned at college and it could certainly be done independently as, as you and I have done, but the path that you, you know, that's taken is really up to the individual, individual person. I think, um, you know, there are formal schools and there's a lot of advantages to going to a formal school. Um, and, 
you know, if you choose that route, you just got to really be careful. There's a lot of uh, poor courses that are out there. They're very expensive and, and won't provide you the right skills to get the job. So it's really important that you research the courses that you're going to take if you're going to go that route beforehand to make sure that, you know, they'll teach you what you need to know. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, additionally to that, I would say um, the, the, if, you're, if you're deciding to do a formal education or go to a, go to a school that's an actual brick and mortar um, and not online only, um, then I would say definitely uh, try and do the research on some of those schools that have actually placed people into the uh, the areas that you want to go into, um, you know, That's whether it's, whether it's uh, you know success rate on in placing people in video game companies, or you know, like we talked about in the previous podcast in in a film, or you know, Pixar and and some of the the uh, animation studios. Um, the other thing um, is that um, if you know the online part of uh, the schools are now taking off, obviously because of COVID. Um, so I think a lot of these traditional places are also offering um, online uh, uh, options as well. Yeah, and, and no matter what avenue you, you guys choose to take, uh, training, I think the bottom line is training is crucial because, uh, you know, while it doesn't need to be formal, you need to be training and, and teaching yourself uh, how to do these things uh, and investing a lot of you know, your time in, in, in uh, you know, honing your craft, so to speak. We'll be back in a moment, but first, a question. Do you run a small business online, but find that it lacks online presence? Are you truly engaged with your customer base and prospects? You might want to check out AlphaWave Systems. They build responsive and eye-popping websites and get first-page Google ranking results. They can energize your digital channels to grow your customer base and revenue. So, whether it's a new website increased social media presence, customer relations management, or analytics. You can grow your business in the cloud and experience rapid and tangible results. Go to alphawave.io to learn how. Yes, definitely, yeah. definitely. Uh, you know, the, the one, I will say the one drawback about teaching yourself, um, mm. there are downsides, of course, but you really have to be motivated and disciplined to, to uh teach yourself because a lot of I find a lot of people who do train themselves they they don't really set themselves uh, any deadlines and they they kind of work at their own pace and that's a, that can be a downside because um, you know you, you really in a production environment you need to uh, get things done on a deadline I mean the deadlines don't change and so uh, your ability to to handle deadlines and to organize yourself and and be uh, you know, be focused on, on what the tasks are at hand instead of, you know, going down these side roads that sometimes you do when you're learning on your own. Um, it, it's, it, it kind of forces you to, to uh, at least the formal education forces you to progress and, and accelerate your learning. Whereas maybe, you know, unless you're disciplined and really, really motivated, like I said, uh, that, that doesn't happen a lot. Uh, it really takes a lot of, a lot of self-determination to get that done. Yeah, I would I would agree with that as well. Um, I know at least some of the uh, recent years, last probably the last four or five years, um, people who have come in to actually apply for positions that were um, we were advertising for a lot of uh, at least some of the newer schools or some of the people that were um, uh, you know basically green have, have don't have a lot of experience. It was kind of a shock to them um, explaining what exactly we do on a day to day basis. Um, it was, 
um, I think a little bit overwhelming for them because of what you're saying, um, the, the amount of work that's, that you actually need to do and all the different um, skill sets you need, not just the technical skills that you need, um, you know, knowing your, the software programs that you're using either to, to be a, a modeler or an animator, but in addition to that, the, the soft skills, um, you, you know, you have to be highly organized. You have to be, you know, self-motivator. Um, you have to really, really, in my opinion, be the most crucial thing as a team player. If you're a prima donna or you think your, your art doesn't, uh, doesn't stink, um, you know, you can do no wrong. I, I really believe that's the wrong um, attitude to come into gaming because it, it is such a, uh, at least for myself, I think when I first started um, as, as an artist and, and specifically as an animator, you have to kind of let a lot of uh, people have differing opinions about your work. Um, you, you can take it with the constructive criticism. Um, that's kind of what we teach. Uh, you know, a lot of the, the newer, um, people coming into the studio, um, just, just constructive criticism is great. You know, have, have good conversations, courageous conversations and things like that with your coworkers, but, uh, you know, do it in a respectful way. And I think that's a lot easier for people to uh, get along and have a really good, um, synergistic team. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think communication is the key. Uh, really to to working effectively uh, with a team um, you know and, and creating good video games uh, it's a collective effort and, and it really requires a lot of close collaboration uh, in that in that realm and it's, it's so so it's really not enough to be technically astute you you have to be able to explain your thinking to your team and if you if you don't have those communication skills um, that that can really be a, a hindrance to your progress absolutely absolutely I, you know I also think um, that, you know, to your point earlier uh, about, um, you know, coming, you know, the guys coming in green, um, you know, some one thing that I think uh, a formal education does allow uh, or does provide to people is, is it kind of explains to you why things are done in certain ways. And it, and it introduces you to the game language, the language of gaming uh, terminology. And, and, uh, you know, a lot of people who'd come in, they, if, if you don't speak the language of gaming, it really makes it hard to convey your ideas to, to each other. Uh, yeah, I definitely would agree with that. Um, it, you know, especially, um, you know, when you're doing, uh, something that was new to me when I was, uh, first starting out as well was the, uh, the project management of, of projects and video games, uh, was what software were they using to actually manage the product? And, um, some of the common ones that, uh, I was introduced to were, um, you know, Jira and Handsoft and, um, other program project management tools, um, and so you have to be, like I was saying, organized earlier um, and, and you have to, you, you know, and self-motivated, you have to make sure that you're not, um, you know, stepping on other people. And in addition to that, there's a, there's a version control, uh, which I was, uh, didn't have any idea about. And that was introduced also when I first started in video games was uh, version control. So you don't actually, so you're checking art in and out. So if I can, if I'm working on, for example, an animation for a character, um, there'll be modelers working on the same character and maybe updating the the rig. And with the version control, I'm not stepping on on their um, their work, and we can work on basically the same asset. Uh, and uh, and just uh, and then you can just change, you know, submit your changes. And if they've got changes that they've already made, then you've got to back yours out. And, um, you know, kind of reconcile the changes from from yours to his and making sure that uh, you're not overriding their work. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I think uh, also, um, you know, in order to get a, a job in gaming, you, ha- you have to have a good foundation um, for yourself that's rooted in basics of game development. You know, you, you talked about, you know, different software and knowing how to use, you know, different versioning uh, softwares and tracking tools and uh, things like that. Um, I, I don't think, I think, well, that's a, that, that's a good secondary uh, skill set to have. I mean, you obviously need to know how to do that, but I, I think uh, if you have a good foundation, and you're rooted in those basics, uh, you know, the tools, tools will be that much easier to use when you, when you, uh, get to, the, to using them. Absolutely. And that was just kind of just an informational thing that was going through my head. I, I just wanted to get out there and let people know about. Oh no, there's great tools. And I'll tell you what, I, I've been distracted a lot of times by all the cool tools at my disposal, but you know, I, I found that, uh, you know, if I don't have the underlying underlying understanding of, of how game systems work and, and, uh, it, it, it really, is a challenge. I mean, the learning curve is a lot steeper uh, with those tools. Right. Would you Would you recommend that some of the people that um, are looking to get into a job in gaming would would uh, maybe pick up and learn some of the the uh, tutorials for Unity and Unreal? You know, I'd hope so. You know, I think I think like I said, motivation is the key. I think your 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 ability to, to learn on your own is is really crucial. I think you know you have to have a passion for what you're doing. Um, you know, you've got to play games. Uh, uh, I think that's, that's really important. I think uh, a lot of game developers actually, you know, if you're going to be hired onto a studio that say makes Call of Duty, you, they want to know that you've got a deep knowledge of their title, you know, and, and then you understand how the game mechanics work and, and the motivations behind the game. Um, I think that's, that's what employers look for is, is your, you know, your passion, at least as part of your passion package. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, there's also, uh, I think, at least in my experience lately, there's been a lot more um, collaboration between the team members on the team. So even though you have the different positions of, you know, the artists and, and the animators versus the, not versus, but in addition to the uh, the engineers and programmers, um, y- you know, working together in a collaborative way in kind of brainstorming ways, even with the designers, um, is, is been really, um, exciting for me. Um, when I first got in the business, I think it was a little bit more, um, um, you know, segmented where you had your programmers and, you know, in their area, then you had your designers in another area, and then you had the art and animation in another area. And it was very difficult to collaborate. And lately, um, at least within the last 10 years, they've kind of moved people into the, into smaller teams or strike teams where you've got your, you know, you're paired with a, an animator, you're paired with an artist and a designer and then, and then a programmer as well. Have you noticed that in your, your, um, your companies? Yeah. Yeah, I have. I, and I think, you know, and that's, that's one of the beauties of, of, you know, getting your foot in the door. It's maybe a QA tester or a game tester is you actually get to, you know, even if you haven't made a game yourself, uh, you, you get to touch all the different, departments uh that that go into making the game yeah there's there's uh, people that i know that have actually gone all the way up to becoming a producer uh from a game tester so game testing is definitely a, an avenue to get into gaming that uh, you wouldn't necessarily have to have artistic or programming skills but just uh you know have motivation and um and and that's really all well, and that's, you know, and once you get in, you can, uh, you, you know, you can make connections and you, as you learn and grow and, and you can, you know, you're talking to other departments and it, it's basically the QA and 
tester or game testers, they they document the issues that, that come up in the game. Well, you know, if it's broken, and then they go and they talk to the different departments that can fix that. So they're organizing and tracking their issues and getting them fixed. So they're they're getting a pretty wide understanding of the process of making the entire game. So yeah. it makes it easier to make that transition once you know they choose the area that they want to get into. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you touched a little bit about uh, the training and education, and and uh, would it be better to go to a formal school or not? Or not? Um, you know, uh, there are so many resources available out there that there's no excuse that you know if you really were motivated to to learn it on your own. Um, I think uh, one of my favorite resources is GameDesigning.org. Uh, they've got a, a list of uh, ten of the best game design schools out there. Um, there's other resources, like you said, for Unreal Unity and uh, mobile app development. You could even start there. Uh, on YouTube, I'm one of a couple of my favorites are CodeMonkey, DevSlopes, and uh, there's a great site called Game Development Academy, which really has some great tutorials on there. Yeah, in addition to that, there's just there's tons of people that are actually making videos on YouTube uh, and Vimeo and and, and to to right, actually right. you know f- tutorials that are free out there too that are actually pretty decent now. They never, they weren't at the very beginning, but uh, there's a lot of people actually offering some really good free knowledge out there. And if you don't know what area of game design, because uh, as Sean mentioned, there's there's so many different areas you can get into. Um, there's a website called GameIndustry.biz, uh, which could give you a pretty good start. They they have information on how to get into, say, game design, or um, you know, or, or if you specifically want to be a QA tester or a games tester, you know, ha- the pathway that you take to do that. Or, or just, you know, basically game art. They, they lay it out step by step. So it's a, I, I like that resource. Absolutely. Um, and then, of course, there's the formal schools around the world. There's, there's a lot of really, really well-known ones. Um, I could mention a few of them here uh, that we're, we're familiar with. Uh, some of the bigger names um, uh, is uh, ESMA or ESMA, um, School of Applied Arts in France. Um, they've got online for um, international students as well as right there. Um, there's Ringling School of Art and Design in the United States in Florida. And then there's uh, the Animation Workshop, the Animation School, and Objective 3D. Um, in addition to that, there's a lot of uh, online only. Uh, for example, if you want to get into you know animation specifically, there's, there's Animation Mentor, um, iAnimate, and then, of course, uh, Nomon. Um, so there's, there's a lot of oh, yeah, resources the out school. there. Yeah. yeah. Well, and those, you know, can, and those I, I, sorry, go ahead. No, go. Ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, so, and some of those, you know, obviously the the some of the some of the schools can be pretty expensive. Um, so definitely, uh, like I said before, check out the schools and what their graduation rates are, as well as um, how many they're actually placing in um, the uh, video game companies that you want to get into. Absolutely, absolutely, and like anything else, I, you know. You, you, you want to be tenacious about what you're doing. Uh, you know, almost anything in life that's worthwhile doing, you know, you need to develop your skills and, and getting in the job, a, a job in the gaming industry is no, no different. It's, it's really not going to be easy. It's pretty highly competitive uh, as well. Um, but it is wide. And once you get your foot in, you know, a lot more doors will open up for you. Absolutely. And, and specifically, um, you know, thinking about, uh, you know, getting into the gaming industry and then, uh, you know, what kind of a portfolio do you need? Uh, I know from the art side of things, um, you, you have to ha- at least have a portfolio. And so you would have to be either having a video um, show- showcasing your work either on YouTube or Vimeo or even at uh, ArtStation. 
uh, you can put your work up there. And so other, other uh, artists can critique your work and, and give you, uh, you know, really good feedback. Um, and so, you know, in addition to that, just, just look at what other people are doing, uh, who actually, if you go on LinkedIn, you can see what other animators, uh, programmers, uh, designers, what they've worked on. They've got a lot of, uh, you know, right in there through LinkedIn, they usually have a demo reel where you can actually see their work. And, uh, and if they're currently employed and they're doing well, I, you know, my recommendation would be to see exactly what their demo reel is showing. So definitely show your best work, uh, and don't just try and fill it up and make it a big long thing of, of all these different things you're doing. Just specifically what you're looking for. Make sure you you absolutely show your best work is my recommendation. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that you know as as much as we like to show the polish and flash of our work, it, it really means nothing if the foundation of the work is weak. Um, you know, they, the foundations really need to be strong, and and that's usually where the long hours are spent and the learning curves are spent is developing those basic skills that I was talking about earlier and. Um, you know, absolutely. You, you've heard a million times, you know, only show your best work that that's really true. And, you know, you, you want to keep it brief. You don't want to, um, you know, go overboard. I'd, I'd say what a minute and a half up to maybe three minutes, something like max, that. max to me, max, because it, you know, especially if you're, you're, uh, you're, you put the, uh, the feelers out and you've put a LinkedIn, let's say a LinkedIn, um, position out there and it's on your website and things like that, you're going to get a lot of demo reels. And so they're good. The, the easier it is to see your work right up front very quickly, uh, it, the, the faster it's going to be, you're going to get, uh, an answer back. I, I agree. You know, I, I actually, uh, review a lot of demo reels, uh, for my position where I'm working right now. And, you know, one thing I have to tell you is, is, uh, if you're, if your guys are out there, uh, trying to put the music track or, you know, trying to cut your, your reel to music track, just stop wasting your time. It's, it's, it distracts from the visuals that you're trying to communicate. And I find it really annoying. And I, I actually turn it down when I watch the videos, the, the demo reels that come in, I just turn the sound down. I do the same thing. I agree a hundred percent. You know, I'd say the other thing uh, that's really important on a demo reel is, uh, is, is if it's filled with tutorial based projects or half finished renders, uh, you're not going to get any job offers. You want to have something that's polished, even if it's just one thing, um, you know, it's. It, I find the demo reels are w- much more impressive um, with one good project than, a, like you said, a bunch of fluff. Um, you know, and the, it, it's a truism that you're always remembered by your weakest work. So, don't show it to me. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And, and we're speaking obviously from the the art the art side. I know that um, through personal experience with some of the programmers uh, that I work with, you know, they actually have to do code. So, you know, when they get their interviews. Uh, uh, 99% of those guys have, have degrees either in computer science um, or some computer engineering uh, degree uh, just to get in the door. And then at that point, then they've got uh, their their code that they've got to go through. And usually, um, I've, I don't know about you, but I've heard them actually going in there and have to, to take apart somebody's code and look at it. And, um, and then they ask uh, specific questions that are that I don't even know because I'm not a coder. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, right. Well, you know, well, and be prepared to take a test. You know, if you're, mm-hmm. if you're applying for no matter, you know, what job you're taking, a lot of companies actually will administer you a test to see what you know. You know, your demo reel isn't just, you know, that, that's a starting point. But once you, once you uh, get your interview, 
um, they may spring a test on you to see see exactly what skills you possess and and you'd be ready for that absolutely we've done that with animators uh, a lot actually and that's a good that's a good uh, tool to see how well they can do yeah so you always want to be thinking uh, about the value that you can show the company uh, so if you're you know uh, and Sean you said uh, make sure you have a website and stuff yeah forget the paper uh, make sure you have a good website that, that's showing your best work in a brief format uh, that's easily understood uh, visually and and that'll, that'll really save you a lot of time yeah oh the other thing is to be persistent never give up because you know you may not get any calls back from these these folks and uh, you know there's probably some good reasons for it and and reasons that you don't even understand uh, so you just need to be persistent don't give up um, and just understand that with with each rejection or a critique you get and hopefully you're getting critiques on your your stuff because that allows you to to build your skills and develop your skills that the employers are actually looking for. Yeah, I agree. I agree on that. Um, so, uh, any last words, Sean? We're kind of uh, getting to the end of the podcast. Any, well, any I mean, you kind of you kind of took my my last line. <laughs> that's, oh. kinda, that's why I just agree with you. I was going to say, hey, never give up. Never, never, ever give up because uh, you know there's there's so many people today that. Uh, want something so quickly and they're not willing to climb that mountain to get to where they need to be. Uh, and so I would recommend definitely work hard. Don't give up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, some things that I, I hear from a couple people is, uh, you know, how do I get the experience? And, and we talked about some Great of these question. free, free tutorials and free stuff like that. But, you know, the best experience is to, is to build a game, make one yourself, you know, build your own game, build a mod, download unity, download unreal, and start start building your own game. That's I mean, there's no real uh, right way to do it, but in my mind, that that, that sounds like a no brainer. Yeah, and there's so many, uh, like you said earlier, there's so many uh, tutorials out there to learn how to set up your characters. There's so many assets that you can download for free at the uh, at their their specific store for Unity, as well as Unreal uh, animations you can download. Um, test scenes and so you can you can learn pretty quickly if you if you give it enough time you can learn it. I know it's sometimes it can be really really daunting getting into this stuff um, and so technical and you know viewed but uh, it's it's uh, and if you have a passion for it it's it's going to be you're going to just enjoy it all yeah and if you can if you can get an internship um, that's that's another way to, to get your foot in the door. Um, you know, they're usually limited in time. I, I think agreed. They intern folks for three, like three months or something like that. Right, right. Um, and it's and it's certain times of the year, and it depends on your projects too. So, uh, you know, if there's no projects available, obviously the internships are going to be slim to none. Yeah, exactly. Or, or yeah, exactly. Or, or you can get to a job as a, in a non-game position in in your company in the video company. Um, you know, there's there's a non-developmental roles such as like IT or or something like that, or so other kinds of support staff. And you know, I I'd, I'd really if you know if you're gonna maybe take that strategy, uh, that that really only works for larger companies, I think, because they have a lot of support staff and and need a lot of support staff, whereas the smaller companies really don't. So, you know, if you're if you're gonna try to get in the door without any any gaming experience whatsoever, you know, I think a larger studio would probably be the best way to to go on that. Yeah, I agree. Um. The last thing I think we'll cover is, um, oh gosh, I think we covered most of it, Sean, actually. Yeah, I think that's it. I think we, we hit all the major points that we wanted to say. Great, great. Well, 
I hope you guys enjoyed the discussion on finding a job in gaming. Uh, we talked about how to get a job in the gaming industry and what kind of jobs there are out there to choose from. Uh, we talked about what training and education you're going to need. And talk, we talked about some of the skills that you'll need to master and demonstrate to a em prospective employer. Uh, we talked about what you should and shouldn't include in your demo reel or portfolio uh, in order to land that dream job. Um, and obviously, we didn't cover every way there is to get a job out there. And, uh, but we did emphasize that you do need a good foundation to start from. Um, so please let us know what you think of this podcast. And if you have any questions that you'd like us to address, head over to our website at thecgbros.com. Uh, go up to the Ask Us Anything menu and ask your question there. Or if you have an idea for a future podcast, please leave us a comment and let us know. Uh, at the CG Bros, we want to really say we appreciate you guys being here. Uh, we enjoy doing these podcasts. Yep. Um, so if you enjoyed this podcast or you found it valuable, please share it with your friends. And if you're watching this on YouTube, hit the thumbs up button. Be sure to click the bell so you'll be notified when we've uploaded a new podcast as well. We look forward to seeing you in next week's podcast where we'll be discussing the subject of... Why did we start our YouTube channel? We'll That'll be a now. good one. That'll be a good one. Yep. All right. Bye now. Bye-bye. That's it for today. We hope you enjoyed the CG Bros answer to the question, how can I get a job in gaming? Thanks for being with us. If you enjoyed our presentation, please hit the like button. And if you haven't yet subscribed, hit the subscribe button. To be sure you'll be notified about the next episode in this series, hit the notification bell. You can contact us on our website at thecgbros.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. Oh, and don't forget to tell all your friends about this podcast. Be sure not to miss the next episode when the CG Bros will answer the question, why did the CG Bros start the YouTube channel? This has been episode 2104 of the CG Bros CG Insider Podcast. See you next time.